Welcome back to the Vibe Overload podcast show. If you're new here, welcome and thank you for tuning in. So today we are here to commemorate Mental Health Awareness Month. And our special guests for this episode are Matthew, who is also known as People That Play Music. St. Albi, who will be talking about how he beat his 15-year meth addiction. And last but certainly not least, we have our one and only Charlie AI. So don't forget to hit the subscribe button, smash that like, and leave a comment as well. It'll be truly appreciated. We'll be streaming new episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Podbean. So with that said, let's go ahead and dive right into it. Welcome, good people, to another episode. So as you all know, we're here to commemorate uh, Mental Health Awareness Month. And unfortunately, many people are going through this very challenging times in their lives. So what we want to really talk about is how each and every one of you guys had overcome your mental health battles and challenges. And let's really dive deep into it because we can inform people out there that are going through the same thing just to let them know, hey, um, you know, you're not alone in this. There are people out there that can help. There are organizations that can help. There are certain ways where, you know, it can get healed through all this. So let's start with my friend Charlie over here. Tell us a little bit about your experience with what you had to overcome as far as your mental health. Well, the more major one that I had was depression. My whole family is more of like, you have to do good in life. You have to do good in school so that you don't have to work in like factories or like hard workers and stuff like that. Uh, my family's loving, but in my mind, I kind of like, oh, they won't love me. They won't see me as, a, as their favorite child because I have a younger brother and my younger brother's like smarter and better than me. And in my family, we don't really believe in like depression and anxiety because it's mostly more of like oh you'll just get over it yeah just lay down rest sleep it's all in your head it's fake and i'm like well you don't know because you know like you never been through it and it's like then they tell me the stories of like what they've been through what my grandparents did to them it's like oh we never had therapy we never had anything well yeah that's a different generation than now like today they has like more problems it was like major depression and i still have it to this day but not as severe as it was years in the past and i'm okay with it you know because i have friends i have like a loving girlfriend like it helps like those types of things help to calm and like make me forget that oh yeah this is what happened this is what i've been through i still can i, I know i still have it it's not a big problem as it was years ago one thing i want to segue on is you went through depression right now you're not going through it as much so what was the main proponent of how you were able to overcome it what are you doing now in order to really overcome that as of right now seeking help because of my uh, health plan i have health insurance but at the same time the health insurance helps me because i'm in kaiser mm. and my kaiser says like hey you need to see a therapist because we can see that you're not visually there like they just diagnosed me with like bipolar disorder, ADHD, OCD, a lot of stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm just like, well, I need help. And it's like, oh, we'll help you. And like, do I have to pay? Like, no, it's free of charge because we want to help you get over it. Um, and I told him like, I don't want medication because medication for me, in my in my opinion, in my defense is not helpful. I know right. there's some medications out there that do help people. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm not saying bad stuff about it. Like, I feel like I can just fix it on my own without medications because i feel good. like if i do take medications i'm gonna get addicted to it right. and if i don't have it it's coming back i can do it and okay. if i can do it anybody else can do it okay and then i'm not saying like everybody should do it it's like if you can do it cool if not didn't take your medications because that's the safer way but that's how i did it like medic help therapy uh talking to my family 
showing them like the result and i tell them like this is the percentage of people in the world that have this type of stuff so it's not fake it's real and i'm happy that i've kind of sat down with the people that i care about tell them like hey this is the situation this is what i need you to do if you can cool if you can't well then i'll no worries just last question i have <laughs> so in therapy what are the sessions like are they are you just talking to somebody about like life situations or it's just somebody listening to you and what advice do they usually give you it's mostly a mixture they will listen to like anything i want to say like if there's something in my chest or my shoulders that i want to like let go and just release and tell them about it that i don't want to tell anybody else they're like i'll listen to you i won't judge you this is a safe space this is what you can tell me anything that you're going on if you're being abused if you're going through some stuff if you have some like ideas and some thoughts that you don't want to tell nobody like the therapist will like hey this is i'm here for you mm -hmm. they'll they'll look at you not as a like as a customer they'll see you as like okay this is this could be my little brother this could be my little sister okay. this could be my close friend that i've known since kindergarten and like even thinking about it now is making me like emotional because like growing up asian slash like hispanic asian hispanic household hispanic parents don't really show love to their kids really it's more of like tough love mm. but us growing up we like hispanic kids don't really see that as tough love we see that as like wow our parents do not like us why are we here i did not know 100 100 so like, really? that's 100 percent true parents have a certain expectation of us mm -hmm. and if we don't meet that expectation then they're going to try to do anything they can to yeah. get us directed into a certain path yeah mm -hmm. yeah well yeah. thank you for sharing i'm totally in agreement with you as far as the pharmaceutical drugs definitely would stay away from that it, it, it could be very addicted and very dependent on it yeah and it could be a whole placebo thing too even where you think it's helping but um it's like balancing things out you know yeah. things like that with but it's not really helping I, I think that's the whole sham behind pharmaceutical drugs and these antidepressants all that's too many side effects let's go ahead and migrate over to my friend over here people that play music just to follow up on the on the same question tell us a little bit about your experience through what you had to endure in life where it was probably one of the hardest times in your life you know i think the hardest times for my life was like two years ago where i was kind of at the peak of my life where it was like this expectations you know, the next step for that is you run away from your parents. So you get the separation, right? Then I started seeing the true nature of trauma, which I think we're alluding to, right? Mm -hmm. Which is trauma is recited hurts. So someone says something to you, you're going to start saying that multiple times to yourself and then to people. So anytime someone says something really mean to you, like my dad, you need a different job. I started asking my dad, hey, who told you that? Who told you that? This thing, why would, why would someone say this? And my dad would be like, well, when I was nine, my dad used to kick me, like, and he would say these things to me. And I'd go like, you're carrying things from when you were nine. And the pain of that, and that what you think you should be doing is teaching your son this because you think that's what made you better. Once the pain, once you get past the pain conversations, most people get triggered by the pain conversations, which is the defensiveness kicks in. You can't get past that. Get past that. I think it's like 30 minutes of your dad just yelling, whatever. And then the vulnerability kicks in and you go, hey, well, why did, what were you going through? And then people open up and they tell their stories. And I learned so much about my dad and so much of this healing that happened. I did it with everyone in my family. Like I had really deep conversations. I felt like I had reached my peak at 27 where it started the pandemic. I'm living with my best friend. My rent's cool. All my family's healed. Like I have my little brother living with me. He's 16 and I'm like, I did it. 
I achieved everything. <laughs> I figured it all out. Me and my girlfriend drive back on a freeway and there's a car on fire on the freeway. And I look around and I see everybody looking down, like in every car, because it's like a five lane highway. And I see everyone like looking down and I could just feel the pain of everyone sad. So I could just look in, and I could just overthink. And I, I had this massive panic attack. I had never gotten a panic attack. And then all of a sudden my life started spiraling. The hardest moment for me was the next couple months, like I just started reacting to people. I started sending these angry messages to my family. Hey, I hate you guys. Uh, you know, my ego started kicking in <laughs> mm. and I just got mad at everybody, pushed away my friends, pushed away my family. And that was my lowest point. I lost everything. I, at that time, I'd really gone to my lowest. And that was my that was my toughest moment, the start of my, I guess, self-guided place to where you see me today. OK, so tell us more about that. So how did you recover from that? How did you bounce back? So when you push away everybody, <laughs> nobody wants to talk to you. My best friend didn't talk to me. My little brother was 16. He went to go live with my other brother. Um, and that was really painful because my brothers now no longer live with me. I pushed them away. Uh, my best friend's gone. The only person that stayed with me was my girlfriend. But being around my girlfriend, there's nothing I could tell them that would scare them away. I'd be like, I'm hearing voices. I'm hearing, I'm scared all the time. Like, why am I so disconnected from everybody? Mm -hmm. And so I was just at this point of suffering. My girlfriend was just so accommodating. My girlfriend just gave me patience. Didn't have an answer for really anything, but had a sense of patience. And so during this time, like I usually spend a lot of time reading books, just reading through what is every religion saying. I'm going to look for every esoteric, exoteric. I'm going to look for every single religion to say I'm reading Buddhism, Christian, Judaism, Muslim, every single thing. Let me read your most ancient books from yogis in the mountains and let me find the solution and figure this my health out what am i really going through mm -hmm. what i was going through is something called the dark night of the soul basically you have to be stripped of everything mm -hmm. you have to get everything taken out of your life mm -hmm. and you have to really go okay do i die <laughs> you have to basically get to the point of dying right, right? Yep. and that's right. where i was at I was at the, the lowest I could possibly be. Yep. And you have to find your reason for living. Like you have to find what is the answer to the universe? It's the worst. It's the only way to get out of your dark night of souls. You have to find the answer to the universe. Something that tangibly you can't be told. You have to experience and know what is the answer to life. After reading all these books and like really sitting with it and trying things out, I realized that being nice was the only thing that kind of made sense in life. Mm -hmm. Like I love that being kind to people mm -hmm. is magic it is. in every single religion. Being loving mm -hmm. is the only thing that actually changes things. Like I would go into like jobs and stuff and just be nice. Everybody's pissed yeah. and just being like, Hey, what's up, homie? What's up? Right. And I would just see the pain go away. And I think it's the only cure to trauma is some sense of love. Mm -hmm. Some sense of love is such a creative force that like builds communities, heals you, heals people. You know, like me talking to my dad just by loving him, un like loving them completely mm -hmm. is the only way unconditionally was the only love, way I was able to like build a relationship with my dad. So that's the kind of lifestyle I've been cultivating where it's 
deep to my core, I'm trying to be as nice as possible, as loving as I possibly can, because it's the, it's legitimately the only thing that I've ever felt that works. And I feel like the world is absolutely liking that right now. Yeah. A lot of people being, you know, just looking out for themselves first. Self-love is kind of a thing. I mean, I mean, there's nothing wrong with loving yourself, but I feel like loving yourself too much. There's not enough room for others that you could share with as far as level of kindness. Yeah. I I like to say kindness more than being nice. Nice. I see it as a kind of a pushover, like a doormat kind of thing. So I don't want to be like the nice guy, but showing the kindness though and showing unconditional love is a whole nother thing. And another thing that you mentioned is I really like you. You were talking about the dark night of the soul. I love that. I, I feel like we all agree upon that. We all went through it because I feel that's part of the equation of our life that we all have to go through that in all aspects because it helps build character. It builds us up as, as people, uh, men and women alike. The, the fact that you went through that, then you came to the realization of having to show kindness and yeah. love towards other people and how much better life is because I like to call it the pit. It's like a a really dark place that we all have to go to where, yeah, we want to shut everything up, shut everything out, shut people out. Um, Just kind of pointing fingers thinking, oh, why is my situation so bad? It's because of this and because of that. But at the end of the day, it's just something that I feel it's part of the growth process for every person out there. So very cool, man. Well, appreciate you sharing, man. Thank you so much, dude. Awesome. Okay. Last, but definitely not least is my brother Albie over there. You have a very intriguing story that I want you to share with people because you went through a 15 year meth addiction. Wow. Yes. Yeah. And let's dive into that. Tell us about how it all started, what led up to it, and then tell us what you were going through while you're trying to fight those battles during the 15 years. And let's start right there first. Okay, so let me summarize it. So I was growing up, I was always teased from first grade all the way up into high school. Almost every single day. I was tormented and ridiculed and I never told anybody. I I internalized everything. I never said anything to a single soul. So like I felt like I couldn't defend myself because I I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. And I just kind of kept going, pushing and pushing and pushing and... So I think that like once I left high school, I just just met some people and then I just hung around with the wrong crowd and I just tried it, you know, and I, after that, the first time it was like, I'm done. It's like it, it lifted everything away from me, like all the pain, all the suffering mm-hmm. that I've been through for like, I don't know how many years has been over, over 10 years of like pain and suffering. It, it was all lifted away from me. But now the pain wasn't lifted from away from me. It was this uh, false, this false like mindset where it's just it's the, it's like a feeling it, the feeling. I felt a certain way. So I think that I thought all my problems were gone, but all my problems were still here. It was just a mental state so that I struggled with my addiction on and off. You know, I I got into a really dark, deep places. And then I got sober because I got in trouble with the law. Mm-hmm. And then and I was looking at two and a half to four years in federal prison. Mm-hmm. I think now that I think about it, like I, I was basically I was being followed by like a higher power. Like in life, we we choose make our own choices. Right. So we make our own choices. Right. We could do whatever we want. We have our own free will to do whatever we want to right. do in life. Right. But it's also maybe we not realize that there is some type of higher power because we make the choice. And so they can like guardian angels, right? So they guard, they, they guide us in a certain path, but they can't make us not do it. They cannot make us do something. We make our own decisions. So 
I don't know, sometimes I get these thoughts, right? So I'm in court, I'm sitting there and looking at two and a half to four years. Something in my head popped up and I told like the, the judge, I said, I'm addicted to meth. I don't know why I said that, you know, I, I'm addicted to meth. So like the probation or whoever it was, the police officer, he like goes and tells like the attorney and the attorney go, goes, talks to the judge and the judge, like they talk about it. So they put me into rehab. I didn't go to jail. You know what I mean? Like I didn't, I was let free, but I like had to go through these, all these certain steps. So like I, I was in rehab for six months and then I had to do three months, like an outpatient rehab. And then I had to do about the, all these classes and all these programs. So it like, I was on the right track, you know, and I was sober. And, but at this time, the worst time in my life, I was in a really toxic relationship. And when you're in a relationship where you're on meth, it's like, it's so toxic. And it was very abusive relationship. So imagine this like little child, right? Like I'm a little child. I'm a child. I felt like I was a child inside and I was very innocent. And so this, this person that I was with introduced me to so many dark things like stealing and like robbing people's houses and doing fraud and like any worst thing you can think of, you know what I mean? And so like, this is what you do, you know what I mean? And like, I wanted to get out of the relationship so bad, but I was so weak inside, so weak. I couldn't, I tried to like get out of it. And then like, I felt so bad. I felt sorry. I don't, I didn't want to leave. And then I came back and I don't want to blame anybody, but I'm responsible for my own, for my own decisions, whatever I've made. There are people that have influenced me, you know what I mean? Because they, predators or like toxic people, they, they prey on people that are weak. And I was very weak because I did, I was so innocent. And you know, like when people are innocent, you try to, they try to take advantage and I was taking full advantage of. And um, it was a very dark time in my life, but like I was at that time, I was kind of free because I was sober and I was making, like I was working, you know what I mean? So I want to dive in deep on the, the part about the rehab center. Um, so when you went through rehab, what was it you're going through, through during the time you were in rehab and how did it help you? So I went into rehab and I, I, in recovery, they tell you to surrender, surrender everything in order to like see the other side. So you have to, you have to let go of everything, let go of all your like reservations, let go of like all your bad thinking, you know, they try to like bring up positivity. I just gave in to the program and you know, like I got good feedback. And so, but going into rehab, I just, I think the reason that my success um, for rehab is because I was able to escape the environment. I lived in my car. I lived like on couch, uh, couch surfed. I didn't leave on the, live on the street up until like recent. But back then it was just giving into the program and like wanting to change and getting away from the toxic city. Okay. So it's basically just getting you away from all the, the bad toxic environments. Yes. And just away from the drugs. Right. So ultimately... How were you able to beat your addiction? Higher power. Okay. That's a, that's the only, when you talk about dark, dark soul of the night, it's perfect what you said, because I went through it. Guy, can I tell a little quick story? Sure. I remember I kept trying to think to myself and try to keep it in my life that I was like, maybe if I just meditate through this, that I literally just had to get to my knees. And I'm typically like an atheist. Like I, I don't, I didn't believe in anything. I literally had to get to my knees and beg. I was like, God, what? I don't I know it. what yeah. help. I don't know mm -hmm. what I am doing. Every action I've ever made has been what I think is right and what I do. So when you say surrendering, it really touches that point of just like, 
it, I don't know if it's God. I don't know if it's universe. I don't know whatever it is that you pray, but it is praying to something and going like, mm. I hope something guides me mm. out of what I think is right and trusting what that is. Yeah. I mean, you could call it God. You can call it universe. You can call it Allah. You call it whatever you want, but just know that there is a higher existence. It's like written. You know what I mean? Like there's something, you know, you don't have to believe in anything, but I think that we all go down this path because there's a purpose. There's always a purpose. You know what I mean? So like surrendering everything, we have to go through that. We have to go through this dark, dark stage to be able to shed everything that we have. Because I feel like once you go through the dark night of the soul, that is that's time for you to move into a different light into your life. And so you're going through this dark stage. We have to shed all of this, whatever it is that we carry, you know, whatever spiritual it is, what we carry all this like this burden and so once we could shed all of that after we go through this dark night of the soul our spirit and our our soul becomes lighter Mm -hmm. and we become light beings and so we now we're aware and we could see the world in a different perspective we have more empathy you know what i mean we could see we have more empathy we're more aware Mm -hmm. we could see things that people don't see we see somebody struggling we want to we see it now we go help because god universe whoever they give us the ability to see so we can help that person. Some people have blinders, you know what I mean? Some people are blinded and that's okay. But we we are chosen to see you know, path. I think when I was a kid, my dad used to say something to me, something and he would say common sense. Like, you need to use more common sense, Matt. It would drive me crazy at nine because I would just think to myself, what is common sense? I need step one, two, three, four, and five on how to open a car door. I need step one, two, three, four, and five to do dishes. And so... I feel like so much of what people assume is being communicated is assumed. And if I know how to do it, I'm going to literally walk someone's hand through this path. Mm. You're right. There's no difference between me and you. It's just our roles and Mm. and how we can help the best Mm. is so wholly unique to us. Your path is the same kind of uniqueness of you're able to communicate with somebody that I can't communicate with. So we all have different abilities and different ways that we can help humanity on a larger scale it's just figuring out what uniqueness we bring to the table that can like you would probably have a better conversation with someone who's going through an addiction mm-hmm. at a through meth than i could everybody just has their skills that comes from the unique life for sure yeah, yeah there's in recovery they they say if you cannot help yourself help somebody else because that gets your mind off yourself because a lot of times we internalize everything. We always think like we take on the guilt, we take on the burden, we take, we blame ourselves for everything. But sometimes like you just need to help somebody else to make you realize that like there's a message in everything you do, but we don't see it. We don't know the impact of our kindness about being too nice. You know, I'm the worst about this. I'm too nice, taking advantage of constantly. But at the same time, God, what a purpose. Yeah. What true meaning. Like, Even at the worst times where I've been taken advantage of, we don't know the impact and the value. So how many lives, how many lives have we saved for these people? Like the people that have hurt us the most, you know, like at the end of the day, our lives have such meaning from that, these little tiny things that we do to our people and just being kind in the face of existential meaninglessness of everything. Yep. Right. We were kind. That should mean everything. You know what? I think God put you there for a reason. At that particular moment, that particular task, yeah. dude, you did make an impact. Whether small or big, that's what it's all about. We all have a common theme right now. 
we all went through some type of trauma being born in a traumatic world mm. a broken world how can you not avoid trauma especially coming from our parents more than likely had to go through the same thing you know 100%. just in a different generation right so i do believe in a higher power too i love that we brought that up because i do think that there is a creator of the universe mm. i believe that there is a certain path that's laid out for us that we in this particular moment actually is part of the plan for a greater purpose right you know showing kindness and being nice in a very cruel world is very difficult trying to be that nice guy you know it was a sense of my way of showing kindness but it was being too nice and yeah i definitely got hurt by people that i thought were my friends and just other pe random people as well so you, um, yeah you definitely have to be careful because there are people who who can sense the kindness and the the somebody being too nice and they will take advantage of it and they're very manipulative yeah. so like there are very there's very sneaky people out there that can like finagle their way into your life without us knowing because we're so caught up in being nice so i think it's like it's you have to find a, a good balance between like being nice just being kind yeah i feel like their kindness to me i feel like getting even more kinder because i feel like what going towards that direction opens up vision you're able to see so it's less about i shouldn't be kind anymore and more about i could get more kinder i just now can see and kind of dodge those kind of red flags of like i shouldn't be here i gotta yeah. get going kind of thing yeah. you know yeah mm -hmm. higher power i think yeah will, will put those red flags in your way and it's up to you to make those decisions whether yeah. to listen to it or not mm -hmm. i love what you brought up i'll be earlier about the elements of choice that we have mm -hmm. we're gifted with the to making choices, whether it's good or bad, right? That's why I believe that we're the co-creators, not mm. the creators of our lives. I think we're the co-creators because we're the ones that have to make these decisions and we are being led mm. by some type mm. of higher power. Like you said, we're, we see things are more, we went from one place being in that traumatic dark place mm. to being elevated into reach that light at the end of the tunnel. Sometimes we have to stumble. We can't, you know, we get lost. But ultimately, man, we're all here to keep each other accountable and just, you know, expressing this thing. It's a very heavy topic. A lot of people mm -hmm. that need to understand this. Okay, so let's go ahead and let's do this last question. I want each and every one of you guys to answer this question. So Matt, let's start with you. So what message of hope or encouragement would you like to share with listeners right now who are currently struggling with their mental health or all aspects of what difficulties they're enduring right now? There's a book that I just got that, that I think is really fascinating and insane that love is art. When you're learning guitar, you're learning an instrument, it requires multiple things. So to learn guitar, you have to learn theory and you have to learn practice and you merge those two and then you're able to be a really great musician. I think love is the same thing. It's not this random thing that's happening. It's the theory of everything. You see what the world is like. You see that everyone has trauma. Then you practice love. You try your best, as best to your ability to try to be loving even to somebody who's traumatic and suffering. And then you learn the balance of everything. Everything kind of comes together. My message and my understanding of everything is you're doing a great job. You know, <laughs> like every the, life is so complicated and so confusing and so difficult that I think everybody just is doing such a good job. Like my, I'm just so proud of my generation. Like just us even having these conversations, I can guarantee my dad's never had this conversation with him and his friends. I just hope everybody values and truly sees how incredible they are. And, and I think once you see that, once you see that everything you do has meaning and is so great, I just think that's just so inspiring. And that gives me a lot of hope. That's awesome, man. You know what? I feel that music is a really 
the best form of therapy in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. That's why I love your name, man. People that play music, it's like music brings people together, and I think it, you know, gets us through it, man. Hundred you know, percent. Thank really you, Lincoln does. Park. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dude, thank, you, thank you, Mars Volta. You know, thank you yeah. all my favorite bands. You know? yeah. yeah. All right. Awesome, man. All right, Albert. Let's go ahead with you. Uh, same question. What message of hope and encouragement do you want to tell people out there? Okay, so I kind of want to go back and um, piggyback off of your social media. You know, a lot of it is false. We see that all these people are trying to do all these things, but it, you know, in reality, it's like, what is going on behind that? You know, what is your life going on behind the camera? You know, but then there's another good thing that it. Going back to your question, it it, it gives me hope. You know what I mean? Because I see these people who are very talented, and so I strive to be that. So lately. I just got back on social media and I don't want to get sucked into the to the tunnel. It's very easy to. So I said, okay, if I'm going to be on social media, I'm going to follow all the people, all the successful people. So when I wake up in the morning, I open my Instagram, I see all these like good things going on. And that gives me hope every day. Right. Because uh, even like I always say this, there's always somebody better than you. And there's always somebody who's worse than you. And once you realize that, then you know what, like your place. Because you'll not always, you won't always be the best, but you know that you, you have to know that you're not always the worst. So you have to understand that's a good medium. You know what I mean? Like you have to keep pushing no matter what you fall, you get up, you keep going. That is something that is learned. If somebody doesn't learn that, you know, and somebody goes through like a hard time and if they don't know how to go get through it, they're going to keep falling back and falling back and falling back. And then that little incident is a little pee. And like, it'll keep manifesting to something that it'll change your personality. You know what I mean? If you don't, if you don't know how to get to these traumatic events, it will consume you. And once you can visit these traumatic events and you slowly break down all these walls and barriers, the true person who you really are will come out and shine above others. And I, I'm a true believer of that. hundred percent, man. A lot of people, I feel they're, it, they have a lot of difficulties in overcoming it and they just, they say stagnant it's, it's, life. It's very, yeah, they it stumble is, they, and then they just start rolling downhill. Yeah. It's, 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 it's just it's it makes it so much harder and harder till it's just absolute death at that point. Yep. Yeah. yeah your body, it's like, you're not dead, but your soul is basically dead. hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. So just to summarize, I love what you said about keep striving to be the best. Yeah. Hard to do it alone for sure. Yeah. Do, think, no, uh, do it in a community, yeah. in a community. Like, yeah. look at us. We're in a DJ community now. Like, mm-hmm. I love it. Crazy. We're yeah, so, so sure. we're very supportive of each other. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Yeah. That, that's what it takes, man. Okay. Awesome. Last but not least, Charlie, yeah. why don't you go ahead and share your message of hope and encouragement to the good people out there? Okay. Well, I guess the encouragement is don't feel like you're weak if you show emotion or if you show like, oh, I'm going through some stuff. Don't be scared to seek help like don't be scared like oh i'm gonna get judged like you're not gonna get judged everybody's going through it but a lot of people know how to hide it well some people don't if you just send out positive energy if you just be yourself you're going to attract people who put out the same type of vision thoughts Mm -hmm. energy whatever you want to say if you throw out yourself and how you are, that's going to come back and you'll meet people who are going to help you and not really see you fall. I was afraid to tell people that I have depression and everything because I was scared that, oh, you're weak. Don't be scared and don't feel weak if you're seeking help. Talk to somebody. I promise you, if you let out everything that's in your mind, everything that's holding you back, every, the weight on your shoulder, I swear to you, you're going to feel better because you just let it out. You're going to cry. You're, you'll At the end of the day, you'll feel better. You'll go to sleep. You'll wake up happy. You'll be like, oh, what a beautiful day. And then you will forget everything because you acknowledged it. If you just hold it in, you're just going to blow up. And if you blow up, downhill. 
right? Like how you guys say, exactly. downhill. And then when you go downhill, it's hard to get back up. When you rock bottom, there's only one thing, and that's going up. Because once you're down here, you'll think, oh, there's nothing left. No, no, no. The only way up is through the roof. Like yeah. once you're at the top and you see like below, like where you started, like I started down there. Yeah. And I'm up here. You will, you naturally aren't going to look at the bottom and be like, man, I can't wait to climb this thing. Right, you're right. Exactly. Just like, you're exactly. like, God. How but, do the hell but, do I get up there? But I think the grace of life is is sometimes you're already on the path up the mountain. Mm -hmm. You know, you're naturally always going to go up. Yep. Right. Resilience. Once you're at the bottom, there's resilience. resilience. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yep. Very cool. Well, just to really sum oh, things up, let's do that real quick. So showing unconditional love, kindness, empathy seems like the ultimate cure to me to mental health awareness, right? Yeah. I think vulnerability is very powerful as well. Your vibe attracts your tribe, right? Just getting away from all that negative energy, just striving to get to the top. Not everybody will make it because it's a long, hard journey to get oh, there. Right. You know, so. All right. Awesome, guys. Truly a blessing to have you guys here today to oh, really thank you, open thank up. You. And I hope you guys all had a blast. I did as well. Yeah, you know, go ahead me. and let's go ahead and wrap up. Okay, we're going to call it a wrap. So thank you all so much for listening in. Please subscribe to our channel. Smash that like button. And don't forget to leave a comment as well. We try our best to respond and interact with all of our listeners. It truly is a blessing to have you here. So thank you all so much. Also, go ahead and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Vibe Overload Podcast. So you'll be updated when we post new episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Poppy. So again, thank you all for listening in and we'll see you all in the next one.